Welcome to the True Vine Podcast. Wherever you are listening, we hope this inspires you, builds your faith, and brings perspective that God is moving in your life. Enjoy the message. I thought there was going to be a different message, but as I was praying, asking God, this specific word came into my head. And I want to have you turn your Bibles, if you have them, or your mobile device to Ezekiel chapter 33, verses 6 through 7. I'm reading from the New King James Version. And it says, But if the watchman sees the sword coming and does not blow the trumpet, and the people are not warned, and the sword comes and takes any person from among them, he is taken away in his iniquity, but his blood I will require at the watchman's hand. So you, son of man, I have made you a watchman for the house of Israel. Therefore you shall hear a word from my mouth. And warn them for me. When I bow our heads this morning, Heavenly Father, we come before you. Thank you for your presence. I thank you, Lord, for every father and every person that has acted in that capacity, Lord, as a father in their homes, God. I thank you, Lord, for this privilege and opportunity to be able to come and minister your word, Lord. I'm asking you just to flow through me in the Holy Spirit, Lord, to anoint these lips of clay, to open up every ear, to open up every eye, Lord to give us a sensitivity in your spirit, Lord, to receive the word that you want to speak today, God. Bless each and every person that is in this place, Lord. We give all the honor and all the glory to you. In your name, Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. You may take your seats this morning, and the title of this morning's message is called The Good Watchman. The Good Watchman. There is an importance of, in the word of God, in the Bible, when it comes to the watchman. The watchman was, had the responsibility for protecting towns and, and cities and military installations from surprise enemy attacks and other potential dangers in that time. And these walls were stationed high on walls or watchtowers. These walls at times would be 10 feet thick and they would be build specific locations for them to be stationed at. And their job was to warn the people of oncoming threats. And in Hebrew, it means one, the watchman means one who looks out, one who spies, one who watches. And they will look out for both, not only enemies, but also friends. The Bible goes on and it's speaking to Ezekiel, and we might sit there and say, well, that's good, Brother John. But it's talking to the prophets that the Lord was speaking to. And it's true that the prophets were enlisted as the spiritual watchmen over the people of God. And they had to live faithfully and to warn the people of the dangers in falling away from the Lord and doing evil. And if the prophets didn't do their job, they would be held accountable for the people's sins. In other words, it would be put upon their account and them not warning the people of God them not speaking and warning them of what was coming and what was happening and coming into their lives spiritually. That role of the spiritual watchman continued into the New Testament in the form of church leaders. We find in Hebrews 13, 17, it says, Obey your spiritual leaders and do what they say. Their work is to watch over your souls, and they are accountable to God. Give them reason to do this with joy and not with sorrow. That would certainly not be for your benefit. 
And it's important, I'm going to pause there just for a second and stop because too often we come to church and in this day and age, we relegate the leader or the pastors. He's just a man. And he is just a man, but he's a man that God has called. And God has placed him over this church and over this congregation to watch out for the souls of the people of God. And there's times he has to have difficult conversations with us and he has to sit us down and warn us and tell us of things that he might see or sense spiritually that we don't. And a lot of times he'll get backlash or people will complain and say, well, pastor told me this. And if it's in the word of God and the Bible tells me that he's watching out for my soul. He's watching out that I'm going to make it into the kingdom of heaven and that one day we'll be walking on streets of gold. It's not because pastor has a power trip or he's here saying, well, I'm the one in authority. You better do what I say. I've been around people. I've been around pastors that have that mentality. And yet I have a pastor, though, that will exhort, encourage, and love, will speak words of just affirmation, will sit there and just love on us, and will just encourage us in the things of God. So it's not just one thing that he gives to us in the sense of correction, but he also gives us that love and encouragement in the things of God. And it's important because he is that watchman here in the church and for our families. But we can stop there and think, well, the watchmen for the Old Testament were the prophets and the watchmen of the New Testament are the pastors and maybe the leaders. But God is calling all Christians to be watchmen. The Lord asked the disciples to watch and pray with him in the Garden of Gethsemane in Mark chapter 14 in verse 38. He says, watch and pray lest you enter into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak each time he came back three times he came back and he found his disciples fast asleep and in luke chapter 12 verses 35 through 40 he gives the same admonition to us as the people of god it speaks of the servant who is prepared and ready for the master to return from the wedding so when he returns the servant will open the door for the master and he said, blessed are the ones who the master finds watching, whether it be early, late, or really late. We're living in uncertain times. We're living in times where we've never had to serve God the way that we serve God today. And there can be a danger and there can be a, a, a slumber that comes upon us because you know what? It's easy to get lazy. It's easy to sit back and just say, well... You know, church isn't the same. We're all spread apart, but the presence is still here. We might sit there and say, well, you know what? I, I don't want to go because of my conditions or whatever. And I understand those things, but you might worship at home. It didn't feel the same for me. I, I enjoyed it. There was nothing wrong. I, I think our, our team that works here and does puts everything together did a fantastic job. You know, we're blessed to have the talent that we have in the church. I remember coming in 2011, we had nothing like that, Pastor. I mean, uh, the music, you guys enjoyed the music. Now I remember the music back then. I said, bless God, at least they're still worshiping the Lord. I don't know what song they're singing. And they, these songs are, are UPC songs that come from Apostolic Center. I have no idea what they're singing. But I still feel the presence of God. And that there's a danger that lies in this time and day that we're living in. 
that if we're not careful, we can miss out being a good watchman. And there are characteristics that I want to go over today that we find in Ezekiel chapter 33 because the good watchman sees everything. But there are things that come into a person's life that can affect their vision. I'm not talking about physical, but I'm talking about the spiritual. And there's a quote that says, the eyes are useless when the mind is blind. The eyes are useless when the mind is blind. It's an unknown author. The first blinder that's found, it's in the book of 1 John chapter 2. And this is not all encompassing, but these are things that have really jumped out at me when I was studying for the message. The first blinder to the watchman, to an individual, is not loving the truth of God's word. The scripture says the evidence that we know God is if we keep his commandments. He who does not keep them is a liar and the truth is not in him. And we have to love God, which means I will love the truth of God's words, which means I obey what I love. And this is what we need to understand and realize is that we can sit there and say, well, I love the truth. Well, I read the word of God and I study and I pray and I do all these things and I have a walk with God. But there are men and there are people. I remember a, a particular gentleman that God was using in the church I was attending. And it wasn't here. So I don't want everybody to say, who's he talking about? Who is he? It's not this church. And God began to use this man in teaching the word of God. He was an awesome teacher. I remember I wanted to show up for Sundays because he would break down the word of God and we would have that Sunday school class and he would get into the word and I remember walking away and I went, man, this guy teaches so awesome. But as time progressed and as time went on, he began to fall away from the truth of God's word and he began to say certain things were no longer necessary or important in the things of God. And I remember, and, and I, I just couldn't understand, this was a man who was, who was teaching the truth of God's word. This was a man who was gi giving us the word and edifying us and teaching us. And a lot of times we might think and say, well, that person's right with God because they teach that person's. And I'm, I'm not trying to make you question who's up here, but the way that we walk and the way that we live for God has to be in harmony with the truth that we follow. I can't just say I believe the truth. And the Bible says that the, the devil believes that the, there is a God, but it doesn't mean that he has a faith, an active faith that will change his situation. He is forever going to be in the pit of hell. And we need to understand it's not me just believing there's a truth, but the fact that I love the truth. The fact that I want the truth. The fact that I need to hear the truth. Maybe the truth isn't always convenient for me in my life. Maybe there's times the man of God steps in and he says, John, I'm seeing some things in your life. And he gives me the word and I... I I have to deal with what he's speaking to me. Why? Because it's truth. Why? Because I love the truth of God's word. Amen. And there's a danger that happens when we as believers, when we come to a point where we say, you know what? I don't need that. That truth isn't prevalent or necessary for today. Right. We don't need to live holy. We don't need to do this what's wrong with one glass of this what's wrong if i look at this what's wrong if i talk to women outside my marriage what's wrong if i do these things and we got to be careful because the truth of god's word does not change
that word of God is forever settled in heaven. But there's a blinder that when we stop loving the truth of God's word, I stop obeying what's in the word. Your truth and obedience, your love for the truth and obedience to God's word are linked together. I can tell when people stop loving the truth of God's word. Why? Because they stop obeying the word of God. When they, start, when they start exercising reasoning, human reasoning in their mind and saying it's okay if I do these things. But it doesn't line up with the truth of God's word. And if you, if you try to exhort them and you try to encourage them, you try to say, hey, be careful. Watch out. You need to watch where you're stepping. You're judging me. I tell people that there's only one righteous judge. It's Jesus Christ. I'm not a judge. But the word of God judges you. The word of God provokes us. The word of God corrects us. And it's important to understand, I got to love this thing. I got to love the truth of God's word. That's the first blinder when you stop loving the truth. The second blinder might be to a watchman might surprise you, but the second one is hating your brother. I'm going to get into this a little bit. Hating your brother. He who says he is in the light and hates his brothers in darkness until now. First John chapter 2, verse 9. So one of us will say and we'll look at the word hate. Well, hate's a strong word. I just don't love him as much as everybody else. Do you know what the word hate means in the Bible? It means to love somebody less. It's not just to detest somebody, but it means you love them less. That's pretty broad. That's pretty encompassing of more than just having a, a detestable, I detest Brother Gustavo. I don't, Brother. You know I don't. He's a good man. But it means maybe I see somebody in church, I just love them less than everybody else. For some of us, we think we're right, but the Bible says that states that when we are in darkness, we walk in it and it, we don't even know where we're going because we're blinded by the darkness. And that darkness comes from the fact that we have a hatred towards somebody else. It means you love somebody just a little bit less. And I'm just giving you the word, Okay. You don't receive it. It's, 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 I'm, I'm just giving what God spoke to me in my life because it's easy to sit there and look upon someone. Well, I love that person just a little bit less. I don't hate them. I just love them a little bit less. And the Bible says that you're in darkness. When you're in darkness, you can't find your way out. When you're in darkness, it's easy to stumble and to fall into deeper things. It's easy to get drawn away. It's easy to fall prey to the enemy. I'm talking about not having spiritual blinders. There are people in church you won't greet because you love them a little bit less. There's people in church you won't talk to because you love them a little bit less. There's people you won't pray for because you love them a little bit less. There's people that you won't even encourage because you love them a little bit less. And the Lord says you're in darkness. The Lord says you better be careful. 
That you don't have hatred towards your brother. I don't want to have hatred. I don't want to live in a place where my eyes are blinded or I can't see the things that are coming into my life because I love somebody just a little bit less. We stumble in the dark and we can't see properly as a watchman over your life, over your family, over your marriage, over your walk with God. That third blinder is loving the world. Is loving the world. It's the lust of the eyes. It's the lust of the flesh. It's the pride of life. But that love of God can exist in a place where the love of the world exists. The Bible says it's impossible. They can't coexist in the same place. When we love this world and all that it has more than we love God's kingdom and all that it has, we need to watch out. And what I mean by that is sometimes we fall in love with the potential of what we will receive. Because I can be blessed by God and I can have the overflow that Brother um, Nolan was talking about, but I can fall in love with the possessions that come with it. I can fall in love with the job that I have and the company I'm starting and I can do all these things and I can pursue all these things and fall in love with more what I can receive and what I can get. Listen to your preaching and my son Jared, I call him my son Jared. I don't know if you know him. He's here today. He's with us again. Praise the Lord. Sorry, Jared, I don't mean to put you on the spot. And the preacher was saying, some people just come to church because of what they can get from God. It's only a Sunday ritual and what can I get from God on a Sunday? What can I get from the Lord today? But we don't do anything else. We, more, we have more love for what's out there than what's in here. I love more what I can have in my pocket or what I can touch with my hands. I love more fame. I love more notoriety. I love more clothing. I love more sports. I love whatever it is. And I, I'm not telling you, you, know, you, you shouldn't walk around naked. That's You need clothes. Yeah, you should exercise, do some sports. But the love of the world is when God has no place. The thing that takes precedence in your love in your life is the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life. It's dangerous because when I fall in love with more than what's out there and what this world brings, this world is going to, do, it's going to be destroyed. I'm not here to be a doomsday person, but, you know, we're, we're wanting to see America change. We're wanting to see all these things happen. But let me fill in, in, in on some information. This world is going to be renewed and it's going to be the Lord's going to restore this entire earth in a different way. My car will eventually rust and will fade. My jobs will eventually go away. I, I want to give a praise report. I'm going back to work at the, by the end of July. I want to give a praise report. <laughs> Until then, I'm still golfing, though. So, praise the Lord. So, <laughs> I know. I, I think I should get a, a commission. I, all these kids, all these guys want to golf now. And I'm like, my brother goes, what are you doing? He, he calls them my disciples. He says, you and your golfing disciples. I'm sorry to say that. I love golf. I grew up with golf. It, it holds a special memory in my heart with my father. So, for me, it's a special time with, with these young men. We have a lot of laughs out there, that's for sure. So, 
But anyways, having the love of the world. I can't love anything more than God. Because if I love my job more than God, then everything that comes with that job and the influences of it, it begins to influence me. All of a sudden, it's easier to stay out late. It's easier to work extra hours. It's easier for me to connect to people in my job and I get more of a relationship and I build more of a, a, a interaction with them and I get to a point where all of a sudden, next thing you know, it's easy for me to go out with them. The next thing I know, it's easy for me to sit down with them and I'm having a soda and they're having a beer. It's easier for me to go out with them. All of a sudden, I'm going out with them and next thing I know, well, I'll just take a little sip of this or I'll do a little bit of that. And before you know it, it's infiltrated your marriage. It's infiltrated your family. It's infiltrated your home. Because you, you loved your job more than you love the Lord. I'm just giving an example. But we need to understand that's the third blinder is that love of the world. Clear vision is needed if we're going to be good watchmen. The vision we need to have is a spiritual vision, a sensitivity in the spirit. I'm not talking about the physical vision, but a vision that allows us to sense when there is imminent danger coming into our life, into our marriage, into our family, into our jobs, into our finances. The blinders cause us to lose sight of what's coming towards us. This is the key to fighting off any attack that will come into our home. We can remove the enemy before it gets into a place that will destroy us our kids, and our family. It's our spiritual vision. There's times my wife has spoken things into my kid's life and they, they, they say that, that her, their mom has a cell phone to God. And every time she's spoken to them, it's been truth, Pastor. Because she senses something is not right. I've had people come up to me and have told me things in my life where they were calling me to the car carpet and keeping me accountable because they saw something in me that wasn't right. And I appreciate that. And I tell people, you need to understand that sensitivity to the spirit was what makes us a good watchman. It's not how many hours of Netflix you've watched. It's not how many magazines you've read. It's not how, many, how much you know about social media and who is the influencers and all the other stuff. It's, I mean, you look at that stuff, hey, that's up to you. But sensitivity to the spirit is what's going to keep me and my family as a good watchman. The good watchman acts quickly. The good watchman acts quickly. The trumpet is found throughout the Bible. It was used... In the feasts of the people of God, it was used to celebrate. But yet for the watchmen, it was used as a signal of war that was coming to their location. The watchmen's primary, primary job was to act and blow the trumpet so the people they were protecting would respond and act also. And there's that spiritual significance we have today that we may not blow a physical trumpet, but there are other avenues in which we act to prepare ourselves and those we protect from danger coming against us. Prayer acts as a trumpet to protect ourselves and loved ones from danger that we sense is coming our way. Prayer. Seeking the face of God. 
Sometimes you'll pray and you'll say, nothing's happening. Why, why, isn't, why isn't nothing changing? Why do I keep seeing the enemy keep coming in? Why do I see the enemy keep coming against us? And sometimes that trumpet, the next trumpet you pick up is that trumpet of fasting. Because prayer, I'm going to go, I'm going to, Lord, I'm going to, I'm going to lay myself down. I don't like to fast, but, and you can see, I eat. But there are times that we go into a fast because prayer isn't doing enough. And I'm not saying that fasting, like if I fast and I don't pray, I mean, they go hand in hand. I mean, you can fast all you want. You can lose a whole bunch of weight, never pray, and God's not going to do anything for you. People fast just as a, as a normal way of, of, of suppressing themselves and keeping themselves healthy. But I'm talking about prayer. And sometimes you pick up that trumpet of fasting to protect your loved ones. Now, there's been times in our own family that we have approached one another where we said, you know what I sense? We need to go into a fast. And we do it between a couple families of ours and we will sit there and we'll lay out everything that there are needs in the family that, that, are, that are going through things or things they want prayer for. It's because somebody sensed there's something amiss. Somebody sensed there's something wrong and I just feel like we need to fast. Now, in, in the flesh, it's easy for me to say, you know what, That's just, it's just you. Oh, come on. How do we have to fast again for it's the flesh. The flesh doesn't want to. But I can testify. I can stand here today and say that there's been a family member who was gone away from church for almost two years. We kept fasting, Pastor. We kept praying. We did it multiple times. We've done it multiple times now. I want to give praise to God because last Sunday he walked in church for almost, it's been almost two years since he's been to church. He went with his family. Does it mean he's there yet? No. But he's come back to the house of God. And sometimes we'll give up. We do a fast for three days. And if it doesn't happen, well, forget it. I guess God didn't do it. But sometimes when you're blowing that trumpet, that trumpet isn't always loud enough. And those trumpets I use in prayer and fasting, sometimes I got to go a little bit deeper and stronger to get that trumpet to blow the way it needs to blow. And I'm, 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 I'm giving this because, I'll be honest with you, I, I, I had no intention of preaching this message and I said, Lord, what do you want me to preach? And the word he kept bringing back to me was watchmen. And, I, and, and I'm, I'm like, okay, Lord. But there are, there, there are things that we need to, and God wants us to know and understand. And there may be things that we're battling against and we need God to intercede quickly. But there are times where we think those things are coming against our families. And we want to be prepared for the enemy approaching. That prayer is powerful, but that fasting brings a fire and a greater urgency to the situation. Don't. Grow weary in doing well, the Bible says. Because I'll tell you, the enemy will play on your mind and say, you just went on a seven-day fast. Nothing's changed. Have you ever asked God how long he, you, he wants you to fast? 
God will tell you. <laughs> I don't like the answer. <laughs> but he'll tell you. He might throw a number. I, I, there's a brother I know, another brother I know, he's pastoring right now. And he told me, he said, you know, Brother John, before I, I took on, they asked me to pastor this church. And, and he, he, he says, I, I, never, I never thought I was called to be a pastor. And he says, before I went into it, I went on a 40-day fast. And I believe him. And he said God made it very clear for him because he didn't want to take on something that God didn't want him to do. He's pastoring now to this, right now at this present time. A good man of God. But sometimes we, 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 we want convenience. Don't we? I mean, I know I do. You go to a drive-thru. The Starbucks by my house, I can't stand it. We drive up to it. There's like 50 cars. I'm like, really? doesn't matter what time of day I go. I said, I'm, I'm, tar- I'm, I'm done with the Starbucks. I'm going to the one by the freeway on Winchester. I'm, there's like six cars all the time. I can get in and out. Why? Because we want convenience. We want it fast. We want it now. And there are things in the spiritual realm that don't always happen. And it's not that God can't, God can give you the answer right now. But there are things that you need to go to. And there's things that you need to develop. There are things that God needs to break, break out of you. There are things that God wants you to draw even deeper with him to get to the answer to make you a stronger child of God. And as watchmen, we have to act quickly. And if we're going to act quickly... We can't just be complacent. We can't just diddle-daddle. I remember my mom and dad would ask us to do stuff and say, hey, have you done this? They'd ask us like two hours ago. Have you done this? What have you been doing this whole time? We were playing like Atari or something. I remember my mom would take our Atari away. She'd take it away. She'd put it in the closet. You ain't playing this anymore. When I ask you to do something, do it now. In the spiritual room, we can't just diddle-daddle around because there's certain things that we need to be fighting for. My family's salvation. Financial needs. Breaking, breaking um, bondages of division in my marriage. Breaking strongholds in my children. Directing me and guiding me in the, in the place he wants me to be in this time of uncertainty. What do you need me to understand, God. Because if I'm not quick to act, the Bible talks about the five virgins that were ready and the five virgins that were not. And it's because their wicks were trimmed and their oil was full. And as watchmen, we have to be ready. We have to act quickly. You can't say I'm going to serve God when the trump is blowing in heaven. When the rapture starts taking place, now I'm going to start living for God. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, Pastor, I know, and, and I'm going to get in trouble for this, but when you invited us to come that Saturday before, man, we could not wait to come, and I'm hoping, I'm, you know, we came, and we, he let us come, and we test run to see how it went. It felt so good to be in the house of God again. Do I like how it is, and you, you know, my fist bumping or whatever, and I'd rather hug and, and, and shake hands or whatever, but I understand, I understand, I'm not going I'm to... I'm not gonna, if you don't like it, if you push me away, I'm not gonna get mad at you. Okay, you say, I don't wanna touch, that's okay. 
But what what I'm saying is we just can't get ready to be right with God and to be caught away when a trumpet blows. As a watchman, I've got to be ready now. I've got to be ready now. And that doesn't happen by just taking it easy. And next thing is a good watchman hears. Good watchman pursues God. As watchman, as he gave the word to Ezekiel, he says, I, I want you to hear my voice. And we too often we might accept what many people think nowadays that God doesn't speak anymore. God doesn't speak to us, but our hearing may be dual to his voice. And we need to be open to receive what God has to speak into our lives. If we want to hear from God, church can't be the only place where, we, where our ears hear from the Lord. Requires me to watch and pray like Jesus forewarned his disciples. My pursuit of God isn't coming to the house of the Lord or watching online. It's my daily time I spend with God in prayer and fasting in his word, but also in what I do. It's how I live my life for God that allows us to hear what God is speaking into our lives and to the lives of our family. We can't pray. We can pray. We can fast sometimes and read daily. But if I live my life in the flesh, it's going to be difficult to hear from God. There has to be a pursuit of him. The consistency, the determination. And too often we think, I will never hear from God because I'm not a pastor. I won't hear from God because I'm not a minister. I won't hear from God because I'm not a leader, a leader or serve in the church. But it's times when we pursue God, when there is a heart that is hungry, when there is a, a determination and a perseverance to get a hold of God, that God will speak to you. It's that condition of the heart. It's that desire to be different. It's that desire to live differently. It doesn't mean I'm there yet. It doesn't mean I'm perfect. It doesn't mean I got it all together. But I need to hear from God. God speaks still. One of my spiritual, uh, one of my spiritual father, he taught me, he said, he's, I said, how do I know it's God? He says, it sounds like your voice. I said, well, I'm not God. He said, but is it something that you would tell yourself? And I remember when we were at a point in ministry in our life and we were getting to a place where I was going to meet with our pastor at that time and I was going to sit down, we were going to go over leadership, all this stuff, and we were going to talk with him. And God told me, he said, you're going to lead this ministry in this church. He never spoke to me. My pastor had never spoken to me about that. He had never said a word to me about leading this particular ministry. And I remember, pastor, I remember telling God, I said, is this you? Because I heard my voice. I heard my voice say, he's going to ask you to lead this ministry. So I, I got in my car and I said, okay, Lord, if this is you, you better, you better tell me again. He's going to ask you to lead this ministry. Told me three times. So I, I, I still couldn't believe it was God. So I got to the meeting, met with our pastor for two hours. And I had told the Lord before I got into that meeting, I said, if he doesn't ask me tonight... If I walk out of that office and I step out of that office into my car and he doesn't ask me to, if he calls me tomorrow morning, the answer is no. Forgive me, Lord. 
We met for two hours. I walked to the door of his office. I put my hand on the knob of that door. And I said, okay, it was me, Lord. It was me. And he said, one more thing. I need you to lead this ministry. I turned around, Pastor, and I told him yes, like that. And I remember him asking me a few months later, how come you answered me so quickly? How come you didn't pray about it? I said, because God had told me three times before I entered your office that you were going to ask me tonight. I knew it was God. That wasn't me. It wasn't, I, wasn't, I wasn't imagining this. And what I'm talking about is this, is that when we walk with God and we live for God, God will speak freely with us. But it's how we live our life. It's not just the fact that I pray or that I read the word. It's not the fact that I fast, but it's the way that I live my life. It's the way that I conduct myself. It's the way that I live as a Christian for God that prepares me to receive a word from God. What we hear from God will never contradict the word of God or the man of God. I want to forewarn people this because I, people tell me, I heard from God, they told me, they want me to have that woman as a wife, and yet you're still married. That's not God. That's your flesh. Well, God told me that I'm supposed to be a minister over this part in the, in the kingdom of God, and pastor hasn't appointed me, so I'm going to do it myself, and I'm going to leave and start my own ministry. That's not of God. Because when somebody tells you to create division or when somebody tells you to rebel against the authority of God, what does the word of God have to say that? And that's why when people come and tell me things and say, I heard from God and it's not in the word, I know pastor wouldn't tell them that. That's not of God. That's your flesh. That's somebody in your ear talking to you. Or somebody tells you, you know what? That isn't true anymore in the word of God. You don't need to listen to that. You don't need to, to be, you don't need to live in a, in a holiness church anymore. You don't need to be part of a oneness church anymore. Oh wait, did Acts 2.38 change? Did the standard of being holy before God change? Did the way that I'm supposed to treat others change? I want to make sure people understand when you hear a word from God, God will confirm it. God will confirm it, whether it be through the man of God, whether it be through the word of God, but God will confirm it. Because when God doesn't confirm it, that's when I always get a little bit, I'm a little bit uneasy because I don't know if it's from God. There are things I've had to bounce off pastor to make sure it's of God. I'm feeling this pastor, this is what, you know, there's times he stopped us from doing things because I, I thought we shouldn't, we, you know, let's not go this route. We've taught me more. I've taught we're not going to go this route. You know, pastor, this is how we're feeling. And he says, I don't think that's of God. And he stopped us. And I thank God he stopped us because if he hadn't stopped us, I we wouldn't be seeing the blessing of God in our lives as we do now. But thank God you seek God the counsel. Hearing the voice of God doesn't always mean, it isn't like the movies this is God, you know. He speaks through people. 
speaks through other individuals that encourage you, that will exhort you. And it will line up with the word of God. It will line up with the man of God. Last thing, God, the good watchman speaks. Don't hold back the word of God. And I'm about to wind up. God spoke through the prophets. They were to speak the word given to them for Israel and their kings. And it, they didn't water it down. They were accountable to God. If they didn't speak the word of God, they would be accountable for holding back. We live in a time where too many people are afraid to speak the word of God to our children, to our spouse, to our family. When God impresses us with the word, he wants us to speak into the lives of our loved ones. We need to exhort them. The word exhort means to correct somebody with love. When you correct somebody, you do it with love. There's a big difference. And when you tell somebody, the Lord said this to me, and you do it with love, it's a little bit more easy for that person to receive the word of God. But when you come and says, you're going to the pit of hell if you don't change. okay holy moly excuse me man you do it with a spirit maybe that is the day and age but to exhort somebody we warn them of what God speaks to us we can't be afraid of the word God speaks to us through the man of God the preacher or someone we hold with great esteem in the body of Christ there have been those times where those, those words have come our being at this church was confirmation because some visiting pastor prayed over me and brought confirmation into my life. I was th- thank God that he spoke freely to me that day. And we as individuals have all been called to be watchmen for not only our lives, but for the lives of those around us. Times we might feel we receive the word from God may not be the word our family needs to hear, but we need to approach them in love and exhort them nonetheless. I can't be afraid to tell my kids this is wrong. What you're doing is wrong. How you're acting is wrong. Because you know what? All of us want to think our kids are perfect, right? Oh, I, My kids would never do that. My kids would never say that. Put them with the right people, they will. Surround them with the people that are like that, they will. Their spirits not being right, they will. I know because I used to do it too. Oh, he's so quiet. He doesn't do anything. I was the worst kid in church. Thank God my mom wasn't like one of those moms. She'd come home and beat me. God rest her soul. She never just took at a green assault. She corrected me. But she, afterwards, she, I always remember this, Pastor. She would come afterwards and tell me, I love you. These were the days where they spank you with anything, right? I'd put the books in my back pants, and my mom would beat me with my books. I'd be running away. She'd get the racquetball racket and she was in the racquetball, man. She, she was a good shot. She got me on the backside. But every time she would come back and tell me, son, mijo, I love you. You can't do this. It's wrong. 
We can't be afraid to speak to our family the truth of God's word or to someone in our life or someone. If somebody gives you, if God gives you, there's, there's been people, I remember. I've known people that have received a word from God in a service and they didn't want to go tell that person what God had said to them because they didn't believe it was of God. And I remember specifically a testimony of a person I know that went to that person and said, God wanted me to say this to you. And as they spoke that word of God to them, that person began to cry. And they said, how did you know? Who told you? God told me. I don't want to say anything, but God told me. We live in a, in a time of, of such political correctness. And I'm not going to get into this and all this stuff because I'm not trying to go there. But we get to a place that we're afraid to even say a word to people to exhort them in the things of God. I thank God for people in this church that have come to me when I've been at my worst and have spoken a word in my life that I needed to hear that second. A good watchman speaks. A good watchman will shout it. You gotta hear me. Stand with me this morning. This is not a time to be asleep. This is not a time. I, this is not a time for us to sit back and say, you know, church isn't the same, and until it gets back to normal, then I'll start really getting into it. This is not a time for me to just sit there and say, you know what? I'll be honest with you, Pastor. The first few weeks, I was so out of. I was so out of sorts. For three weeks, my prayer time was like this. I prayed when I found, I, when I had time. I had time all the time in the day, but I get up, start doing something, and next thing I know, day's gone, whatever, and I'm going, man, I haven't really prayed today. This is not a time to fall asleep, people of God. There needs to be good watchmen that are looking out for our wives, for our kids, for our loved ones. There needs to be good watchmen that are watching out and sensing in the spirit things that are coming our way because there's coming a day. There's coming a day where the Lord is looking for a bride that is waiting to open the door unto him. They're not asleep. They're, 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 not, they're not. They have their wicks are trimmed. Their, their oil is full. I want to be a good watchman. I have to be a good watchman. Why? Because my wife depends on it. Why? Because my kids depend on it. Why? Because there's people in the house of God that are depending on it. Who wants to be a good watchman? Let's bow our heads, Father. We come before you. Oh, Jesus, search us, Lord. I don't want to be asleep, God. 
I don't want to have blinders on, God. I don't want to lose that love of your truth, Lord. I don't want to love my brother less, Lord, and you call it hatred, Lord, and I'm walking in darkness, and I don't even know it. Lord, I don't, I don't want to love this world more than I love you, God. Lord, I want to act quickly, Lord, and I want to blow those trumpets, and I want to get your attention, Lord, because we need you in this hour, God. Lord, give me the ears to hear, Lord. Let me be sensitive, Lord, and, and walk in a way that you can speak to me like you did to Adam in the cool of the day, God. Oh, Lord, I want to speak, and I want to speak loudly and clearly, Lord, with the love of God, Lord, to exhort my wife, my kids, to exhort my brothers and sisters in Christ and the things of God, Lord. I want to be a good watchman, God. Bless your people. Cover them with your blood, God. And stir us up, Lord. Stir up our hearts today. In your name, Jesus, we pray. We pray. Thank you for listening. Special thanks to those who give generously to this ministry. It is because of you that this ministry is possible. You can visit our website or church app if you would like to give. And if you enjoyed this podcast, you can subscribe like and share it with your friends and tag us on social media because we want to witness with you what God is doing in your life. Thank you and God bless.